0: The most amazing thing, and any other founder who has left their company will understand this, my first emotion was the most peaceful feeling because all the problems that I've been absorbing into my body were gone. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to worry about what's shipping, what's not, what's late, timelines, all the things that were not working, Mm -hmm. because things were not working.
1: Hey guys, welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the best-selling beauty products and the damn good stories behind them. We're your hosts, Carlene Higgins and Jill Dunn. Welcome to Breaking Beauty podcast, everyone. Hey, Jill. Hi, Carlene. So before we get into everything, I just want to make a quick mention of our Instagram because I realized this morning that we never talk about it and we have amazing
2: contests on our Instagram it's true that people might not know about we're not trying to hide it from people no absolutely not so head on over give us a follow at breaking beauty podcast I know yesterday we were just tagged in a haul from our latest contest. Um, the winner, she scored more than $700 worth of Biossance skincare. Yeah. I wonder if she's going to share that with people. I hope so. <laughs> so you guys don't want to miss out.
1: Yeah. But today we're sitting down with a huge founder. She's the queen of makeup artists, Bobby Brown.
2: I was very sad to miss this interview. She's a bit of a pokeroo for me as a beauty editor. <laughs> I've never met her before. Oh. Had you met her before? No, I hadn't, but I sort of
1: worked with her because she had a column at the magazine I worked at for about a year and I was oh. handling it. Oh, Okay.
2: Yeah. Amazing. So I was very sad to unfortunately miss sitting down with her. It took place a few months ago when you were flying solo at Founder FounderMaid in New York city, when you did that roving reporting yeah. um, behind the scenes with all those cool indie brands. Exactly. So if you hear a bit of background, that's, that's why a little bit of noise We're in the side room. Yeah. But in my mind, Bobby Brown is the trailblazer when it comes to independent makeup artist led brands. She created a $1 billion empire on no makeup makeup, essentially makeup that was looked invisible or undetectable on your face, uh-huh. a better version of you. And I think without Bobby Brown, you definitely would not have a Sonia Kashuk at target. You probably wouldn't have a Charlotte Tilbury, kicking ass these days so it was yeah r- or Pat, Pat, Pat McGrath, McGrath everybody yeah. yeah
1: so Bobby Brown started her company back in 1991 and in 1995 sold it to Estee Lauder before finally
2: walking away from her namesake brand altogether at the end of 2016. While the sum that she sold the brand for was undisclosed I did a little digging and it's been reported that Estee Lauder bought it for 75 million dollars I would say that's probably a lower estimate mm-hmm. I don't know but I'm guessing she's gone on record though talking about one of the purchases she made after she cashed in I guess and she bought a boat and she called the boat have you ever heard this before no she called the boat T Y L L which is an acronym for thank you Leonard Lauder that's baller yeah that's baller Do you think there will ever be a day that will get acquired
1: by some big company <laughs> and have like twin pink Porsches with vanity plates Oh, yeah.
2: Like, yeah, beauty baller or something. Yeah, out the vowels. (laughs) We'll make it fit. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Podcasters can dream, guys. Anyway, we're going to definitely dig into the origin story with her makeup brand in this episode. And we've got all of the details on what she is up to next. Now almost into her second act, if you will, and she is not slowing
1: down. What's funny, though, is, you know, at Breaking Beauty Podcast, we always like to dig into what was the number one bestseller, you know, what...
2: Really put them on the map. Put them on the map. Yeah. And
1: we've been debating it because there are honestly so many products from Bobbi Brown that could be considered the cult products, yes. right? Like the shimmer brick and what, the foundation stick.
2: And what were you t- what were you saying? Yeah. One that I couldn't live without. Well, first of all, I think also her tools were huge, mm-hmm. um, that she had brushes for the, ma- for the masses. Mm-hmm. Um, but the long wear gel eyeliner in a pot. That Mm -hmm. was pretty revolutionary. And I Mm -hmm. loved the wear of that one. Yeah. And honestly the beach perfume. Yeah. I, I was like obsessed
1: with that for a couple of years. Yeah. Agreed. For me, I think about Bobby Brown and I remember my wedding day almost 10 years ago. And I was even a beauty editor at that time. And I was like, what makeup line is going to be my go-to that day? And it was like, no doubt Bobby Brown, you know, that's the day you want to look your best, but still look like yourself, of you know, course. you don't want to look back 10 years later and be like, what the hell was I thinking? Did you have a little clutch with some stuff in it? Oh yeah. The foundation stick, mm-hmm. you know, cause then I could do touch ups, um, throughout the evening and I had the gel liner that I used for, there were, I did like a kitten eye yep. and I wore the neutral eyeshadow palette that day. I was practically a collector of those. Yeah. So it was like very timeless. I'm sure yeah. when you look back at the photos, you're like, yeah, I can live with that. Absolutely. Maybe not the, the <laughs> long hair extensions. <laughs> oh yeah oh that was a
2: time or the cutlets that I put in my uh, like in my bra yeah you're still brunette at that time (laughs) as well um but truly the whole brand was iconic in Mm -hmm. the sense that it was just so different than any other makeup brand on counters Mm -hmm. when it launched at the time remember this was like contouring was huge red lips just everything in your face mac Um, all the color yeah in a way it sort of ushered in this new movement of minimalism where you had Mm -hmm. ck1 as the number one fragrance Mm -hmm. and this in bobby's no makeup makeup it really was a revolutionary idea. And and it was reflective of what
1: she herself had become known for as a makeup artist, yeah. you know, coming up in the 80s um, when a magazine or an advertising shoot wanted a celebrity like Whitney Houston or Naomi Campbell to look like herself, but only a million
2: times better. Yeah. They called Bobby. If you check out Bobby's website, just Bobby.com, she has all of these incredible Polaroids of when she used to work on set. And a lot of the times she's standing either on a ladder or on like a step stool because she was so petite. She's like five feet tall and she'd be like reaching up always to do celebrity yeah. makeup. But I just love those that archival footage mm, I love um, it from, from that time.
1: Bobby Brown is something of a serial entrepreneur. She's caught the bug. She's also a mom, a New York Times bestselling author of nine books. Yeah. Her last one was called Beauty from the Inside Out,
2: and it just came out last year. Yeah. And most recently, she added Hotelier to her resume as the co-owner of the George Hotel in Montclair, New Jersey, which is her hometown kind of like Lev Glasman from Fresh. He also has his own
1: ho- hotel, like beauty yes.
2: road trip. Yeah, he's uh, Lev Glasman is the co-founder and he was our guest in episode five, if you want to hear his story. And in Bobby Brown's
1: next act, there's an editorial website called Just Bobby. It's very lifestyle driven. And this month she's officially launching Evolution 18, a line of beauty and wellness supplements. That will be direct to consumer from the website. It's in the U.S. this month. It'll just be rolling out into Canada in the months ahead.
2: So a little behind the scenes here, guys. We got some of the Evolution 18. We have these probiotic powdered individual package. Uh, they're called probiotic sticks. And yeah. this one's lemon flavored. And the idea is that you put it on your tongue, swirl it around, and you swallow it. Okay. it's good for your gall health. We're going to do this right now, live on air. Mm-hmm. Mm wow it's kind of like fun dip Mm, i was thinking that yeah because it's powdered and like an emergency but no water required this is lemon flavored and the idea is that you don't put it in a smoothie you don't put it in water you just put it down the hatch so keep them in your purse for every day yeah they're good for like on the move i think and when you do feel like reaching
1: for candy just reach for that because it's really sweet yeah actually i've been using the afternoon chocolate Supplement that you know you mix it with water or almond milk into a drink, and it's hence the name afternoon chocolate it's meant to be for that three o'clock when you hit that wall I mean that's me yes (laughs) and it's just you know it's got protein and vitamins and minerals so you get that sweetness but it's actually like sustaining your hunger until your next meal
2: yeah yeah so I've been leaning on it it's good here's a little bit of scoop Bobby is also launching a subsidiary line to Evolution 18 it's intended for the mass market and apparently it's going to be launching in the new year in 2019 Um, although they were not able to disclose what retailer it would be at so So we got to keep our eyes peeled. Genius move.
1: Yeah. But that's not all, you know. Jill was creeping Bobby's Instagram stories over the past few weeks, and she clocked the news that Bobby Brown is launching a podcast. Welcome
2: to the neighborhood. Yeah, it's so great, Pod Fam, Lady Pod Squad. It's getting bigger. Everyone's welcome. Um, I'm looking at it right now. She's sitting down with with Mickey Drexler. He is the former CEO and current chairman of J. Crew. Before that, he was at Gap and Apple. She's also shown a behind the scenes with Daphne Oz. Um, Daphne, of course, is. Dr. Oz's daughter, but she's a food influencer in her own right. She's written a cookbook. She was one of the co-hosts of The Chew on ABC while it was mm-hmm. on the air. So she's, Bobby is very well connected and she's just going to, I guess, talk to these- it,
1: leveraging it. It's called Long Story Short. It's part of Gary Vaynerchuk's gallery media group. And from our understanding, the podcast will be dropping this fall. Oh yeah. He's like a big entrepreneurship
2: guru media mogul okay so get cozy everybody we have a huge episode and a big story to get to bobby tells us exactly how she felt about leaving her eponymous brand i'm sure that wasn't easy and you'll have to stay tuned to the very end to find out the answer to a burning beauty question and that is will she ever create makeup again but first let's start at the very beginning going back to her childhood growing up in the suburbs of chicago
0: I was yes. born in 57 yeah. which makes me 61 if people are saying how old is she my father was a lawyer but his hobby was photography writing he used to always write on the side and you know right now at 83 he's a children's book author oh, right. a retired lawyer yes yeah, so apparently I come from you know a line of entrepreneurs which is how I got to where I am today yeah and my mother was always a housewife yeah. you know a homemaker always yeah and but she loved, loved everything from shopping to um, health and wellness. So she yeah. was always my partner in crime going from one diet to another when we were younger. What was your first job? My first job was when I was 16 and I sold shoes at Carson Perry Scott, a department store. And I had to fit babies with their first walking shoes, which was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> But I also had a store in my basement with my friends, LBJ for Lynn, Bobby, and Janice. It was in my basement. We made jewelry, we sold patches, and it was, you know, our parents all invested in it, but we didn't realize that there was no foot traffic. So I don't (laughs) think we sold anything, but it was really fun playing store.
1: So how did you get to being a makeup artist then? I went
0: to college, um, to University of Wisconsin first, then I went to University of Arizona, And I announced to my mother that I wanted to drop out. And she said, you can't drop out. You have to become, you know, a student. You need a degree. And I said, but, Mom, it's so boring. And she said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I have no idea what I want to do. She said, forget what you want to do in your life or how you're going to make money. If today was your birthday, you could do anything you wanted, what would you do? And I said, I don't know. I'd like to go to Marshall Fields and play with makeup. She said, why don't you be a makeup artist? And I said, I don't wanna go to beauty school. She said, I'm sure there's a college somewhere. And somehow I found Emerson College in Boston where they had a program called an interdisciplinary major. I still don't know what that means, but basically (laughs) what it means is I can go to Emerson and create my own major. So I totally created my major. Now I think they probably call it entrepreneurship.
1: And then in the field, what was your first experience?
0: I a year after I graduated, I had no clue what to do and there was not much opportunity in Boston, so I waited on tables, which was a great experience in so many ways. Why do you say that? Because number one, I was allowed, I was able to pay my own rent. It was actually a lot of money for me at the time. And I also learned an invaluable lesson how important it is to understand what people are going through. I mean, waiters and waitresses, it's not an easy job. Yeah. And, you know, things aren't always at, you know, at their ability to change things. And I'm a much more patient, um, you know, person sitting at a table. Yeah. And I also know they live on tips. So I'm a pretty good tipper. <laughs> and then from there? And I moved to New York. And I thought I went out to get a waitressing job one day and no one was hiring. I said this, I don't want to do that. So I said, well, I, let, me, let me just get a job in makeup. I was, said, let me get a job. So I opened up the Yellow Pages, went to see the union, and they quickly told me, you don't just show up and sign up. From there, I just started asking around about how you break into the industry. Yeah. And then I happened to open up a Mademoiselle magazine and read an article about a freelance makeup artist that explained you needed a portfolio and this was the life. And I said, that's what I want to do. Yeah. So I called her and asked mm-hmm. if I could assist her for free. Yeah. She never called me back, okay? But on the on the answering machine was her agent. So mm-hmm. I went I called him up and I went to see him. Yeah. And he said I can't represent you. You don't have any experience or tear sheets. Yeah. I said oh. but he says you need them. I said, "Well, how do you get them?" <laughs> and he started throwing me different opportunities little things yeah he eventually did rep me but he basically started my career yeah and that makeup artist now she's like damn it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I still I still owe her everything because she was one of the first makeup artists that actually used makeup in a natural way
1: so how did you go from the 80s garish makeup was everything blush draping all that and you had the brilliant idea to do natural
0: well, I didn't really have a brilliant idea. I'm someone that now I know I need to always be authentic and be myself. Mm-hmm. Back then, I was always trying to be someone I thought I should be. Mm-hmm. So I moved, you know, when I was a freelance makeup artist in the 80s and you'd get hired, I would, tr- like, be really nervous because I it wasn't easy to paint and, and contour faces And so, you know, I did some jobs, and the girls looked like they had dirt on their face. (laughs) I, I did a cover of an international magazine with Jerry Hall, and she was so lovely. I finished her makeup, did my thing, and she said, thank you. And she said, can I have a mirror? She redid her whole face. But it was amazing because I watched her, and I learned. And I didn't feel bad, but I took it as an opportunity, so I always would hand over mirrors to the models to say, "What do you think?" Sometimes they'd say, "I need a little more mascara," or "This eye's drooping," and I would ask them if they want to fix it, and I watch them. So I, that's how I learned so most of learned my. From them. I learned most of my craft.
1: And you listened, and I
0: did, and I and I'm a very visual person, mm-hmm. so I would watch, and then I would see, oh, the eyebrows don't line up. I understand. Right. So you know, when I was a more, um, you know. Uh, Qualified makeup artist, then I could actually look and see those things.
1: So yeah. that's how I learned a lot. That's amazing. I think that's such a great quality in any creative field to be able to take the criticism and do something positive with it instead of let it just right. you out. Well, right?
0: you can also take the criticism and say, okay, I hear what you're saying. I don't agree, mm-hmm. but that's what you do. So I once did Whitney Houston's makeup. And she wanted a foundation that was four shades lighter than her skin. Mm. It was a struggle. I yeah. did not like the way that looked. I yeah. was a makeup artist that believed that foundation should be the color of the skin.
1: And so, what did you do?
0: Um, I had to please her. She hired me, and yeah. you know, yeah, wasn't my it wasn't my favorite, but yeah. she felt good, and that's what's important when you work with a celebrity.
1: So, how did you come to having this idea in your head? to actually creating a product?
0: So before, you know, once I started working as a makeup artist, before I had the line, I finally had a career as a freelance makeup artist. And I used to do makeup that made people look like themselves. And that was my thing. So I would get hired for Vogue or for the different magazines, and photographers would hire me that liked that look. You know, so whether it was Bruce Weber, Patrick DeMarchelier, Arthur Elgort, they liked a natural makeup. I worked well with them. Whenever I got booked on a job that they wanted something different, it was stress and a struggle. And so I was pickier with what I took. But I started kind of getting my style and being known for this natural look. Mm -hmm. But I also realized that there was no makeup on the market. Everything seemed so difficult. And I've always been someone that likes to solve problems. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, this makes no sense. I can't find a foundation that doesn't match the skin. I can't find a lipstick that is the color of someone's lips. Yeah. I can't find a blush that doesn't have to be blended. So one day I was at a shoot um, and for Mademoiselle magazine, and we did something downtown, and there was a chemist at the Keel's pharmacy, and he said, you know... You Have you ever thought about making a lipstick? And I said, all the time. He said, I can make it for you. And I explained to him what I wanted, and he made it for me. And then I thought, wow, I bet I could sell these to my friends, to models. And I did. And then I started realizing not everyone has the same lip color. Mm -hmm. So I thought of ten different shades Mm -hmm. that I thought any makeup artist would need in their kit. Any woman would need the perfect red the perfect brown, the perfect beige, mm-hmm. orange and different tones of lipstick mm-hmm. and I thought wow with these 10 lipsticks a woman will never have to buy another lipstick.
1: Yeah, like a wardrobe.
0: Yeah, it, we called it a lip wardrobe. Yeah. And 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 it took off.
1: And I and I read that um they were based on 10 real women that you knew
0: they were based on yes my I've always had in you know inspirational women in my life let's see if I remember all of them but Carolyn Bissett Kennedy was the red Mm -hmm. and Audrey Hepburn you know was the beige Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know Tina Turner was actually like a deep plum Mm -hmm. but um you know so I would just think of different women
1: and so you started with lip color, but if we were to zero in on the bestseller or the icon, what would it be in your mind? Because you're so well-known for foundations as well.
0: Well, it's really funny, I, and it was always an issue when I was part of the cosmetics company where we'd have these big corporate meetings where you know, heads of marketing would talk to heads of sales from other countries, and you have to be known for something. And some people say, you are known for eyeshadows, and other people said you are known for your concealer. You are known for gel liner, which I made up. You are known, and you know what the truth is? We were not known for one thing, and it was a, pro- it was a problem. I think we were mostly known for makeup that made you look like a better version of yourself. Yeah. Which was very unusual at the time.
1: Yeah. The foundation and the stick really sticks out to me because that was like first market. well you
0: know it's funny it's easy to think that the stick was first to market but there was always um, a max factor stick which didn't look anything like the makeup I created I just loved the format so when I went to tell the chemist what I wanted to make there was nothing that I could tell him you know except that's too dry that's too ashy I wanted something that was buildable that you could actually put on your face, cover a blemish, wear it all over your face, Mm -hmm. or just around your nose.
1: And now there's so much of a story around the 40 shades for all skin tones. That's pretty new and it's coming to mass market. What do you make of all of that?
0: I personally don't think you need 40 shades. I mean, we, when I, I'm not with the company anymore, so I sometimes when I say we, they. Yeah. <laughs> but when I was there, we, we launched with 10 shades because mm-hmm. some people fell between two, but 10, you know, I had the darkest ebony and I had the lightest alabaster. Mm-hmm. And I knew that, you know, if you are a little bit tan or you're from South America or whatever, you're ethnic, mm-hmm. there's different tones. I would teach women to mix and blend the colors because also our skin changes color. Sometimes your forehead is a different color. Mm -hmm. And basically, by the time I left the brand, I think there was 24 shades because we started almost adding. So where I was originally a number four foundation, I became... 4.25, but I also really believed in women's undertones.
1: You did have like some that were cool, some that were neutral, and some that Mm -hmm. were warm. Right,
0: but mostly the most important thing is I always understood inclusion. I understood that if a woman was going to come to the counter to buy a new lip or a gel eyeliner, she wants to see her foundation and her concealer there. And it used to be a war sometimes because when you have a big brand and you have to discontinue some products to get new products, we would always be forced into discontinuing some things for women of color. And I should say, no, I'm not discontinuing this. I'm going to fight for it. Yeah. Just get me more customers. So, you know, that was always a, a struggle.
1: So, as you mentioned, you left Bobby Brown Cosmetics at the end of 2016. walking away from something that has your name on it. Right. Tell us about just like the emotional feelings of all of that and was there like a letting go ritual? You know, you burn your boyfriend's sweater, you get a, right. you get a break over haircut or whatnot.
0: The truth is it wasn't an overnight decision. It's mm-hmm. not like one day I woke up, I said, I'm done. Yeah. It was an amazing experience. I stayed with the corporation 22 years as an employee. Of course, going to work every day just assuming it was my own company Treated everyone like I was the founder of the company and every single thing, details and all. But when it finally came to the parting of the ways, it was um, a very uh, emotional and it was just something that happened unexpected to me. I did not expect that minute to say, okay, I'm done.
2: Mm-hmm. What and happened?
0: It, it was just a discussion about, you know, issues that were happening. And, you know, I just, I got tired of fighting. Yeah. You know, I knew what was right. I knew what was wrong. I knew how to fix it. Yeah. And, you know, it just, it's very difficult when your business, you know, when you go from a founder to a billion dollar business, it's a very, very different thing. I didn't want to let go of the things that mattered. And so I realized that I needed to be the boss again. Mm -hmm. But I did not have an idea what I was going to do. Did Mm -hmm. not have a clue. I walked out of that building. The most amazing thing, and any other founder who has left their company will understand this, my first emotion was the most peaceful feeling because all the problems that I've been absorbing into my body were gone. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to worry about what's shipping, what's not, what's late, timelines, all the things that were not working Mm -hmm. because things were not working. Mm -hmm. And I left. And so it was a shock. Mm -hmm. And my husband was amazing. He got off the golf course. He came in and he asked me if I would work on a hotel with him. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, teared up and cried. And I said, of course. And he said, you know, I want to see you. I've been literally waiting, you know, to have your time for all these years. You know, we raised three kids together and I tried really hard to be a present, you know, wife and mother. Yeah. So that was the first thing. I didn't spend any time in bed. I thought that was something you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But I did have quite a lot
1: of tequila the first <laughs> couple days. And do you still sort of pay attention just, or do you avoid the Bobby Brown cosmetics?
0: Well, I don't follow them, but yeah. if I ever see it, I am always... Um, I, I don't want to say the word shocked. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely different than when I was there. Yeah. And that's fine. It didn't it didn't move in a direction that I wanted it to move in. Mm-hmm. So there was different iterations and different visions. I wish them all well, but I, I, I'm someone that likes to go forward. And yeah. I don't like to dwell on negativity.
1: So right away, you had Hotel, Just Bobby, mm-hmm. Editorial Website, right. um, and Evolution 18 right. all kind of launched... This year, right. this spring. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a lot all at oh, once. it's a lot. And, um, you know, now yeah. I'm doing more things
0: that I want to do. And yeah. it's calmer. It's nicer. Mm-hmm. I went and launched my ninth book after I left the company. And where I used yeah. to have a car waiting outside, a hairdresser, a makeup artist, a stylist, a couple PR people, yeah. you know, a set designer, whatever. I literally would throw my jeans on and my sneakers. I'd get a blowout because I can't do myself, do my makeup in the back of the car, and go right on a TV show. And it was so different. Everyone kept saying, you are so different. I'm like, "Yeah."
1: yeah. I think I'm me, finally. On the topic of the book, and also just Bobby... There's a whole lot of storytelling. Like it really is an editorial website. Right. and I think what's interesting is that you yourself do a lot of the writing right. and the interviewing. Like you interviewed Gloria Steinem. Well, I
0: also started doing Facebook Live mm-hmm. right away. Right. So, you know, I launched the book, which was Beauty from the Inside Out, mm-hmm. which now everything is beauty from the inside out. Mm-hmm. But a year and a half ago, it was a new concept. It was yeah. really funny. But it was, you know, it was was a gift for me because it allowed me to talk about the importance of what you put in your body as opposed to what you put on it. Mm -hmm. To me, if you're really tired, you don't just run to your derm and have them, like, shoot something in your face. You say, why am I tired? Oh, I guess I've been working too much. I haven't exercised enough. I had a little too many cocktails. Take a break. So that's, you know, very lifestyle, Mm -hmm. you know, inspired. And I love being able to teach, you know, girls, women that are younger than me, how to do it because you know what it wasn't easy three kids working and you know being in the public eye but the the real parts of my life is what always made me the happiest still still do
1: let's talk about the hotel well
0: the george hotel i mean for me is an extension of lifestyle uh and i've been you know a world traveler my whole life my husband loves to travel and he asked me to do this and he's also not traditional so there were no meetings. There were no, but there's no, there was no budget for the hotel. Every room is completely different. Okay. So there's 32 rooms. We yeah. couldn't just say, let's buy 32 dressers. Right. It didn't work <laughs> like that. Yeah. We did. Um, and I started building partnerships. So, you know, I called up Casper. Yeah. They're the mattress sponsor. I insisted on espresso in every room. They're the coffee sponsor. And one Kings Lane helped us do the first floor or at least the the entrance and um you know it's it's really cool and it's really fun and it's in your hometown it's in my hometown of montclair yeah and we also have it's in new jersey montclair new jersey and we also have um besides the hotel we have uh, photo studios photo and tv studios oh. called 18 label mm-hmm. so the right now the food network the kitchen shoots out of one of the spots okay. we're opening a couple new ones so we've got you know access to do many different things Very and cool. a lot of people are actually Using the spaces for their corporate events, staying at the hotel. And I've kind of curated all my favorite restaurants in Montclair and exercise things. Oh, and very cool. Again, for me, everything is lifestyle. Yeah. Everything is lifestyle.
1: Anyone remarkable stay there yet? You can
0: well, mention? let's see. Um, <laughs> our first famous guest was a kid named Gavin who was on Stranger Things. Oh,
2: okay. I don't I know. know he's that got, show. Yeah, you know,
0: you know him. I didn't know who he was. I had to Google him. He was there for a week with his mom. Aww. And uh, there was a snowstorm. And so his mom. Mom got all his friends to come, and yeah. it, they were our fir- like our first guests. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. Andre Leontali was there last I'm week. Cool, We've right? had Ethan Hawke. Okay. Montclair has the film festival. Yeah. There is a jazz festival. There's a museum. There's a college. Mm. There is, there, I know, I'm, there's a, a Wellmont Theater, so a lot yeah. of groups have stayed there. There's been some, you know, rock groups that I don't even know the names, but other yeah. people will be like, oh, my gosh.
1: Is it like the New Brooklyn or? I said that in Vogue. Vogue did a story on it and yeah. I said Montclair is the New Brooklyn. Field trip, yeah. Next time, field yeah. trip. Yeah. Tell me about Evolution 18, also came out right around the same time. You know, someone that has always loved beauty and loved makeup,
0: I also loved health and wellness. And I love food, you know. So, how do you combine the three things? For me, I came to it really organically. I was the kid that was always dieting, or I wasn't dieting. And, you know, I loved beauty, and then I realized I always wanted to be thin, I always wanted to feel better. Mm -hmm. And there was a that it doesn't make sense to stop and start something, it's a much more holistic view of the world. You You can eat amazing, beautiful food. And you could drink really good things if it's the right things for your body. And then you know what, you don't have to pack on the makeup. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm someone that believes that people should look good without a stitch of makeup. Yeah. I'm not saying don't wear it, but you should look good without it. So Evolution 18 is actually a product line of wellness lifestyle inspired products. So they're all, everything I do is because I talk to so many women and I know what women are going through and want.
1: Now, um, you do hear, there are skeptics, of course, Mm -hmm. online about beauty supplements as a category. Mm -hmm. What's their issue? What's their beef? And what do you, how do you respond? I get it. There's a
0: lot of um, products out there that maybe, you know, don't have good ingredients or there's, you know, they don't believe in it. I stand behind this because I actually created it to solve needs and yes there's critics for everything and yeah. you know the vitamin and the supplement world is unfortunately it's not you know regulated you have to you do have to be careful i mean i have done stupid things ordered things to take my appetite away yeah. and then you just get dizzy and want to pass out you don't know what's in it so it's really important to me that whatever is put in these products a consumer, and me especially, knows what they are. So there's yeah. not things that I don't understand. Right. You know, It's sweetened with monk fruit, with no. coconut sugar, because those, to me right now, are the best sweeteners that don't spike my blood sugar.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And by the way, one other thing I'm doing is I'm in school to be a health coach. My husband and my son said, you're never going to do this. I am three quarters of the way done. Yeah. So I am doing it honestly. It's something that I'm really interested in. I, I, you know, I love food. I love to feel good, you know. And I just when you combine all those things together, I want to understand things. Yeah. And I think a one thing I'm learning a lot, which is something I needed, is like, you know, being rigid in what you believe in isn't good because that will sometimes create more stress than if you would just relax and eat something that's worth it to you. And to me, it's like, if it's not going to make you feel good, don't eat it. Yeah. If it makes you feel good,
1: then what's don't stress about it. And so how do you like to unwind? Like, what do you what do? you do? Baths or what? I love baths. I, I put um,
0: Epsom salt in my bath, and I love nothing better than to go in a bath. Yeah. I have an infrared sauna in my backyard. Wow. It, it caught on fire last week, which oh, is a no. real bummer. And luckily, my husband was home because I... I I literally like stood there freaking. He's like, get the hose. And what is the benefit? Infrared is helps with inflammation. It's supposed to burn calories. Uh-huh. For me it's amazing because it makes me it allows me to calm
1: down. Since you left Bobby Brown, do you now air more toward natural or organic cosmetics? And if so, any particular brands? I
0: pretty much use organic cosmetics. Yeah. And I was, you know, even at the end of my Bobby Brown stay, I was experimenting with them. I think there's a long way to go in formulas and colors and, you know, let, you know, just give me some time to figure it out. I haven't fallen in love with things enough to say this is what I like, but, okay. you know, there's some things that I'm playing with that I really like. Which beauty products do you wear every day? Fragrance, I am still a Chanel fan. I have always loved, um, especially in the summer, Cristal. Mm-hmm. It just it it gives me a lift. It makes me feel really good, so I wear a lot of that. Yeah. And I wear some essential oils on time. Um, the The amazing food chef Padma, she made me this amazing blend. I wear that in the winter time.
2: Nice.
0: And you know, as far as skincare, I use coconut oil to take my makeup off. I actually like that it stays on my skin a little bit afterwards cuz my skin is dry.
2: Yeah.
0: And you know, I don't do a ton of skincare. I don't yeah. really believe that creams get rid of anything. I just think that
1: it really helps hydrate you. Would you ever start a makeup line again and if so, does it bother you that you wouldn't be able to use your own name?
0: I'm not going to say no. I did sell my name and I sold the company over 26 years ago. Mm. And I wouldn't have done it any other way. I mean, yeah. it was called Bobby Brown. It was based on my philosophy. And if I was to start another brand, it would not be in my name anyways. Yeah. So things have changed, and yeah. I would never be the face of a brand again. I just love creating makeup. And, yeah. you know, I have, I have absolutely been you know playing with a lot of makeup even you know doing some certain things at home and working on some projects so.
1: How about actually doing makeup
0: like for shoots? Well I actually have an agent who's from the UK Mm -hmm. and I have been just getting requests to do editorial shoots and very exciting I actually just got a request to go do a cover of a magazine with um, some big celebrity. It's fun getting the calls and I have I put together a new kit of makeup. And there's very little Bobby in it
1: last question and I know for your own site just Bobby you're really active in creating content yourself you're doing Facebook lives you're interviewing people like Gary Vaynerchuk and you've mentioned that you're not afraid to talk to anyone where does that come from
0: honestly for some reason I think people are all the same I don't care if you are Barack Obama or the guy that's delivering my pizza everyone's got a story And everyone, you know, basically wants the same things in life. You know, we all, you know, we're born in different places and we do with what our gifts, you know, differently. But I don't know, I just find everybody the same.